This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a leading orthopedic surgeon. We're joined today by Dr. Danny Goyle. And Dr. Goyle's going to talk to us about virtual reality in medicine, what he's seeing, what the future looks like, and a lot more. And hopefully we'll contrast it to what's going on at Facebook and so forth. But, but he'll give us a sense of it. Dr. Goyle, before we get started, can you tell people a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and where are you focused today? Yeah, thank you, Scott, for uh, the opportunity to speak with you today on your podcast. I've listened to many of them in the past, and it's a real honor for me to be here. For background, I'm an orthopedic surgeon in Vancouver, Canada. I practice shoulder surgery. I have been for the last 12 years. And during my course of education and learning, uh, I met my two co-founders, Colin and Rob, who come from a background of game development. And they were starting to do some work in virtual reality back in 2017, 2016. And that's when the, the first time that I'd ex been exposed to a virtual reality headset. And uh, we built a company around this, uh, the power of the technology and I think the value it brings to healthcare. And, and tell us about what that headset does, you know, how this works and so forth. Because so many of us are evolving into this world of VR. I don't think I've yet personally ever put a VR headset on. My guess is Grace Keller, our wonderful producer, probably has. Um, she's a younger generation than I am, it's so embarrassing to say, but she might have put one on, but I've not. But tell us what this looks like, what it feels like when you're doing VR, you know, and how it applies to surgery and what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I think that VR is, uh, it's a new technology that none of us have really experienced before. And what it offers us is an experience, a fully embodied or active experience when you put this headset on and you are in a fully digital three-dimensional environment. And, you know, describing it is a little bit complex because it's something that we've never really experienced before. But imagine being in a virtual space where you can pick up a virtual tool and interact with a virtual patient in the case of surgery. And... It's so new and you know they talk about innovation happening every 15 years and wouldn't you know that the iPhone was really 15 years ago when it was launched and now we're 15 years fast forward and we're looking and talking about things like virtual and augmented reality. One thing I should certainly define is that augmented reality is different than virtual reality where you can actually, you still put a headset on but this headset you can actually see through in the case of augmented reality. So it's actually augmenting your world and superimposing digital things on top of the real world environment, whereas VR is unique in that it's completely digital. And, and how does this, when you, people talk about so much robotic surgery, and robotic surgery has also almost become synonymous, the word is awful, my pronunciation is awful, Dr. Goyle, um, you know, <laughs> similar, people think of it awful, similar now, to minimally invasive surgery. We know that they're two very different things, but the idea is you could see things more clearly with the robotic surgery, so you don't have to go as deep, you don't have to be as open, you don't have to look at things, as you have a better vision of it all. And I assume it, at some point when people think about digital surgery, um, robotic surgery, we'll think of the old fashioned thing of doing things without that clearer view of what's going on as almost primitive in terms of surgery. How does virtual reality play into this? How does it? differ versus digital surgery, these types of thoughts? So the significant value that virtual reality offers is education in that how do I practice in an environment where there's no patient, 
there's no risk to that patient, but I'm allowed to make decisions to improve my own performance. That's where VR actually plays the greatest role. Robotics in the operating room, what that's doing is during the actual surgery on a patient, it's augmenting your experience. It's giving you information that may not necessarily be available to you uh, in a situation where you don't have the experience or you don't have the volume to help you make those decisions. That's where robotics, I think, plays a real role in helping the outliers and the inexperienced improve how they uh, execute a case on a particular patient. Having said that, you know, it does also perhaps augment the experience of an experienced surgeon to some extent, but I think they're targeted for a particular audience. Uh, but VR, just to be very clear, is that there's power in VR for education outside the operating room. So it, it can act like a very strong simulator that replicates what you would do in the operating room, but not necessarily be in the operating room. Thank you. So more of a training tool than direct surgery tool at this point is what you envision. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and how is that? I mean, that must be so helpful. I mean, people talk about how much they've been doing for years, simulating flying by using flight simulators. You know, obviously my simulating golf by using golf simulators is not working, but this must work. Talk about how this works and why this will be effective. As effective as the plane simulators, probably more effective than the golf simulators. I guess it depends on the patient or the, or the, or the student who's learning. But, but how does this fit in in terms of learning and how effective is it? So we've studied the effectiveness of this uh, in multiple randomized control trials done on orthopedic surgery residents. And this was done in collaboration with a professional society where we looked at comparing VR to either reading a peer-reviewed paper and then having both groups test on a cadaver. And what we found was the VR trained group was actually much more equipped from a technical skill as well as a knowledge base compared to the non-VR group. And these are senior orthopedic residents. That study was then repeated now comparing video to VR and then testing those groups in a cadaver. We found a very similar outcome where the VR group outperformed the non-VR group. What was unique about that study was that there was less surgical complications in the VR trained group than the non-VR trained group, again, when they were assessed by cadaver. So the, the power of VR is that unlike in surgery, when I'm training a resident or a fellow, I don't allow them to make a decision and then realize the outcome of that decision for every single part of the procedure because that would put my patient at harm. What's unique about VR is I can actually then measure how people are making decisions in the virtual environment, allow them to make mistakes, and then now quantify that with something they could go back on, sort of like how the golf simulators work or a flight simulator. That's the power of VR, is that allowing people to make decisions and then collecting the data on that so they can actually improve their own performance. Fantastic. When you look at this next year, what are you most focused on and excited about, Dr. Goyle? VR is still an immature technology. And I think that one of the things that we're laser focused on is ensuring that we're solving the problem for our customers. And I think sometimes, you know, you have a new shiny technology. It's a, there's a lot of wow behind it. There's a lot of enthusiasm behind it, but focusing on the problem and delivering a solution to answer that problem is, and always has been our number one focus as an organization. And so that will be unchanged moving into 2023. Uh, you know, a, a few other questions, and, and you don't have to answer these if you're if you feel uncomfortable with them. 
it just feel free to bail out if you're not comfortable there, Kagoyle. Um, everybody says that Canadians are nicer than Americans. True <laughs> or false? Uh, you know, I, I can't uh, validate that because I would say that I've met some wonderful people uh, in the U.S. and uh, they're equal, if not better, than what we see in Canada. <laughs> so I, I think we're, uh, we're all the same is what I'll say. People in the U.S. believe that people in Canada don't understand any sport except for hockey. True or false? Well, considering, you know, basketball was actually invented in Canada, as was hockey, um, I, I think we do have a good understanding. We may not have the same skill set, although the Toronto Raptors did win the basketball series uh, a couple of years ago, you may recall. Uh, but uh, we do have a good sense of the sporting world, I would say. Let me ask you a question. There's this yeah. famous fight between Ohio and North Carolina as to who's really first in flight. You know, was right. it really the Wright brothers? Is they really in Ohio or was it really North Carolina? Now, I, I thought James Naismith, they would argue that basketball is founded in Kansas, not in Canada. Is that is that not correct? Or what? Give me some more background on the claim that Canada is first in basketball like North Carolina says they're first in flight. Well, so basketball was actually invented in Canada, and I think it was adopted by the U.S. And I'll have to go through my research to give you the exact names of the people that invented it. But this is where it started, actually, was in Canada. Thank you very, very much. And where do people learn more about your company? And tell us about your co-founders as well. Tell us a little bit about both the company and your co-founders. Yeah, so to learn more about the company, they could go to our website at precisionostech.com. Of course, I'm always happy to connect with my peers and colleagues in the medical industry, uh, both on the healthcare provider and the medical device side through my email, uh, which is available online. Now, uh, what's unique about my co-founders is they have come from a really long experience in a lineage of developing really high fidelity software. And they've been doing it for 20 years of their careers and you know they're, they're mid-career now. And uh, what's unique about them is between the three of us, we bring to the table the ingredients that we need to create a product that solves a problem. Colin, who's our chief technical officer, he's been doing some really cutting edge rendering engineering uh, in VR in the last five years, but even before that. And Rob, who's our chief creative officer, brings a the lens of art to make our fidelity the highest it possibly can and ensure that the art is up to a grade that actually is appealing to our end user and our customers. Thank you very, very much. And just in the effort to, um, to fact check, here is what I get online when I've done exhaustive research around not the company in VR, but around the founding of basketball. So, so here is the <laughs> the verdict I get in my 30 seconds of research. Okay, great. A can, it, it, the, the deal is a Canadian is to thank for one of America's favorite pastimes. And it goes on to say that James Naismith, the famous who's credited as the inventor of basketball, is Canadian and sort of took several different games together to sort of then – developed basketball, uh, you know, he was at the, that point a 30-year-old Canadian native drawing his knowledge of rugby, lacrosse, and a child game known as Duck on a Rock to sort of combine them all to turn this into basketball. So invented by a Canadian, but maybe first done when he was teaching in the United States in Springfield, Massachusetts, I think is the gist of what I get here. But we will 
We'll do a deeper dive on this very important subject soon, Dr. Goyle. <laughs> there you go. Well, this goes back to your first point is, you know, Americans and Canadians, are we the same or the different? Here's a Canadian that's become an American who's uh, done a really nice job. No, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Dr. Goyle, congratulations on what you've established. Continued good luck with it. Please keep us updated on, on what's going on with the company and virtual reality as a great teaching tool. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you very, very much. Likewise, Scott. Thank you so much.